lobster, rock lobster. Do I look like a rock lobster? Yes, you fucking do. Why? Because I got some sun? Because <laughs> you got all of the sun. <laughs> you look like you live on the sun. Uh, well, I live near the sun. Or I live in a place that has mostly sun. Well, sun, use red. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at least I didn't burn. Usually it gets a little crispy. Yeah, I I started peeling like on my forehead and on my the tip of my nose, but mostly I'm tan. Yeah. Yeah, nice tan, I think. Yeah. Well, me too, I think, anyways. Yes, you got a nice tan too, Toby. Hi. We're recording an episode now, okay? If you want to give us your opinion, you can let us know what you think about it. What did you think of the movie? You liked the seagulls, didn't you? It was funny because I was watching, I was just relaxing earlier. I had a headache and I was watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in my bed and he came, he's like, oh, movie time. And he came and he sat with me. And then as soon as Sally starts screaming, he's like, well, I'm out of here. And he starts, (laughs) he leaves. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's a no for me. (laughs) So cute. So we got caught in torrential drizzles while camping. And it was something else. Like I had never been in a tent when it's rained before, like out camping in the wilderness until this last week when I took vacation and we went camping for a week. And it was so fucking cold and it was just perfect i fucking loved it i feel like i've hit a reset button and i can go back into work this coming week and just be like yeah you know like it's not that big a deal (laughs) so you like took a cold bath and now you feel good and re-energized i feel refreshed um but that was nothing compared to the weather in the movie that we watched for today's episode. <laughs> I love how you tie everything in. I was wondering where you were going with that at first, and then I got it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the weather. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely, this cold, dreary, wet, rainy, windy, blustery movie, New England weather <laughs> yeah. in this movie, this black and white movie that we watched called The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse from 2019. Yeah. Now, this one's a little bit on the borderline of, I don't know if it's really a horror movie or not, or if it was a mainly a horror movie. It's got some elements that are, are scary. Um, but this is the guy who did The Witch, right? Yeah. So the director, this, anyway? So this was direct, directed by Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch. Um, And it was written and directed by the brothers, Robert and Max Eggers. Um, They have a certain, like, trademark kind of, like, feel to their movies. Yeah. It always, it's it's slow. It's slow. And it's dark. And not just dark, but filmed in a dark way. Yeah. Now, I didn't like... The witch as much as you did. You know, it had some moments and we actually saw the trailer for that movie in the beginning of this movie. And I ended up saying what I like the trailer better than the movie, you know, because the trailer was good. But um, I don't know. The movie was all right. But, you know, you can listen to that episode to hear what I said about that. (laughs) Um, So the movie's about two lighthouse keepers that are trying to maintain not just the lighthouse, but their fucking sanity in um, the mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
there was something else about the movie, and I don't know if it was me or the movie, but it was also like a square, you know, it wasn't like widescreen for some reason. And I don't know if that's because I didn't flip the disc over properly or something or what. <laughs> you put in the wrong VHS. <laughs> um, well, so the film was purposefully shot in black and white and with nearly square aspect ratio of okay, so 1.19 to 1. Okay, so it wasn't crazy. It, it wasn't was intentional. Yeah, okay. It was intentional. Um, it was the desire to make it feel like many of the movies you talk about when it's filmed on a certain kind of um, intention. It's it was done to feel uneasy, right? Um, but also, the director's goal was to make the audience go as crazy as crazy as the characters. Um, in fact, he described the movie in an interview um, as nothing good can happen when two men are trapped alone in a giant phallus. Yeah. Now, who said that? Eggers did. Oh, he did? The director, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, nothing good can come from two men with their own issues in a repressed era living inside of a giant penis is really what he's saying. Uh, yeah. And and I, I think that's I think right. He's yeah, right. I think he's right. Yeah. <laughs> this movie to me, like, really has a it does have an uneasy feeling to it. Like, the, they did mm-hmm. definitely do a good job on that part of it. Like, um there's a lot of uh, intense musical kind of uh, ambient sounds and that foghorn in the background the whole time mm-hmm. kind of just like it's very eerie and like it almost feels like it could have been like a ghost story of some like, sort. The music sounded very like 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 in, th- like in 300, right? The movie 300. Mm-hmm. And it was just sounds, no strings, just but also 300, it reminds me of like just maybe some brass and drums. Uh, same with this one. It sounded, it felt like it was the beginning of like, the soundtrack felt like it was like some kind of Greek mythological movie that was coming or like, you know, the sound of like Vikings or something. Yeah, it was very I, I can hear eerie. That. I can hear that. It definitely, like I said, uh, for something where I knew like, this might not really be like a gory horror movie. Although, when before we watched it, it said that there was supposed to be some intense scenes of of gore, but I didn't really. Uh, I well, didn't really so feel it did like have a little bit of gore. It had a decapitated head that was found. It had um, at the very end there's some gore. Right at the very end, but remember uh, we were looking at the IMDb um, stats or whatever, and it. Uh, um, cause it's not labeled as a horror movie right off the bat. It's, it's, uh, horrors in there, like three or four categories. Right. Down. So this movie was supposed to be a horror movie, but it was also listed as a psychological movie or a character like uh, period piece. Yeah. No, not, it was just a lot of different things. Let me see if I can pull that up again. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's a very interesting concept. It's definitely uh, something that hasn't been done before in a, in this sense of uh, these people who have to maintain a lighthouse. Like that's a very tough job that I don't think you know people get any you know light shined on, and there's no focus on how much work goes into that lighthouse, especially back then. I can imagine now LED. lighthouses are. You know, LED. Like, I looked at it. Oh, oh, they are. <laughs> yeah. So, but these guys were having to like shovel coal into it. Almost was like a train engine of some sorts, right? Just to keep the thing spinning. 
Yeah, yeah. No, there was a lot that go, that went into it, and I think the actors did great. So it mainly is two actors. It's Willem Dafoe, who we all know is from everything from yeah, no, from Mississippi Burning to Crybaby to Clear and Present Danger, American Psycho, and he was a Green Goblin in the Spider Man. Yep. Or if you want to go in like some more horror ways, he was in Antichrist. Antichrist, Yeah. And um, he was also in the Boondock Saints, which was a great under underground and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, was he in that too? Mm -hmm. I don't remember that part. (laughs) And then um, also his co-star was uh, Robert Pattinson, um, who we all know from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. (laughs) And he's in the new Batman movie. Harry Potter? I thought, um, isn't he the Twilight guy? He's a Twilight guy. I was trying not to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen any of those movies, Uh so... How you say cucumber? How <laughs> <laughs> you say cucumber? Uh, but. Okay, and so this movie, fil- it was filmed on Cape Fortu, which is which contributed to much of the film's weather, um, and that's a Canadian fishing community in Nova Scotia. There, they built a seventy-foot lighthouse. They built a lighthouse, like yeah, for- out of wood, until when they. Stop production. The town wanted to keep it, but it was a hazard because it was just made out of wood. Um, so they filmed at the location, but they also filmed in like an airport hangar somewhere, like in town or whatever. That's crazy. I mean that that's that's cool. It's good to know it wasn't like a CGI kind of you know situation or whatever. Yeah. They were going for realism or whatever. The setting was really good. It was really gritty, and the uh, the way they filmed it was super fucking dark. Like. I couldn't see a lot of... Extremely dark. Yeah, extremely dark. And I had to reposition where I was because I was getting reflections and I couldn't see what the scenes were. And I was like, adjust your brightness, TV, you know? (laughs) But um, it it does go from really stark, stark light to dark, dark, dark. Mm -hmm. Right, right, yeah. And I think that adds to the director's want for us to also feel that uneasy. Feel uneasy. Yeah, I can I can agree with that because it did make it hard to focus on certain things or made you question. And I mean, I, I guess the movie did what it wanted it to do. It wanted to make the audience member feel confused and, um, you know, just as, as like, like you said, mad, crowing crazy or whatever as the characters. Um, and that's how I did feel because I didn't necessarily get it all. I think I'm, I'm there's a lot of questions and I'm a little confused as to like, you know, what was really happening. Um, I, I wanted to like the movie a lot for some reason when I saw the trailer, you know, um, I again, Willem Dafoe, I was like, oh, shit, this might be a good movie. It seemed kind of cool. Plus, it's a, I think it's an A24 thing, too, right? I and, think so. And they put out a lot of, you know, of the better movies, I think. Yeah, A24. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, but again, I didn't really like The Witch. I, I went into this hoping to like it more than I liked The Witch, and I do think that it had its moments, but I definitely got confused a lot. <laughs> I don't know how you felt about it. I know you, um, you're, you're better at reading in between the lines when it comes to certain, like, you know, movie moments. <laughs> right. So this movie was actually, you know what? This movie reminded me of Cabin in, no, uh, Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever? Mm-hmm. Really? In what way? Oh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> but so the movie starts off with uh, 
Robert Pattinson, who was initially, his character was something Winslow. What was it? Ephraim. Uh, Ephraim. Ephraim. Ephraim Winslow. And then the Willem Dafoe character was Thomas Wake. Now, Thomas Wake is the the senior member of this two-man team that's going to maintain this lighthouse for four weeks, and then they're going to switch teams, right? This is Winslow's first time as a wiki. Mm -hmm. Wiki, 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 what? I'm assuming, I I mean, yeah, that's got to be a term for their Yeah, so it's a term for a lighthouse keeper because they used to have to maintain a wick. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Um, they're in this island, they're alone, and now only Thomas Wake, only Willem Dafoe's character, is allowed up at the actual lighthouse, in, like, in the light room. Now uh, it, he will not allow Winslow to go up there. That was his set of rules, that though, right? That was his set of rules, yeah. So, because um, Winslow says, well, the, the book says, or the guidebook, or the rules, or whatever, says I'm, we're supposed to alternate. Mm-hmm. But he does not. And what we find is that is a big deal for Wake. He's like, no, you're not allowed out there. He locks it up. He locks everything up. Um, and he really puts all the grunt work on to Winslow. Yeah, he's really mean about it. Like, he, I don't know, he gets really, like, in his face. He talks really down to him. Um, all, throughout the whole movie, he talks down to um whatever his name Winslow but you know that one moment it's like he stands up to make sure he's like no I'm telling you this is the way it is you're not gonna go up I deal with the lights you know well let's talk about this it's a big responsibility if you fall asleep up there and the light goes out you're essentially not um taking care of the people that are out there yeah this it's not just for people that are just nearby it's got a a range of 16 miles that's a long distance for sure that's enough of a distance to make it a real um a real necessity to be or the real point of being able to turn around in time Mm -hmm. and not crash onto the island sure and to your point um Willem Dafoe was the experience. He was the senior. He was experienced. He, you know, he knew had what a was limp. He, you know, had bad teeth. He was experienced. He wasn't a pirate. He was a lifelong wiki. Yeah. He, but the other guy had never done this correct. before. Correct. So Wake, the Willem Dafoe character. Willem Dafoe reminds me. Remember when I had a sourdough starter during the pandemic and I yeah, named him you, Willem the Dough? The Dough. Willem the Dough. <laughs> Poor Willem. Um, <laughs> I threw him away. <laughs> <laughs> he was stinky. Um, <laughs> but, um, his character was, has been a wiki for a long time. He left his wife and his children just to do this forever. Yeah. Now he talks like he's a pirate. Yeah. It could also just be that he's been in isolation for such a long time or that's just how, so actually the directors got the, got the vernacular for the characters out of different texts and different books, including H.P. Lovecraft, um, that that were of that time that helped them give him an authentic yeah. vernacular. Yeah, I I mean the other guys, uh, I forget his name, Winslow, whatever. He he definitely had that new New England accent. The other, you know, uh, pirate accent is is obviously a seaman's accent. You know, like somebody they who's... were specifically that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, the director would say, "Take that line 
and do it again, but do it at this rate so that it would be more authentic. Sure. They're specifically from different regions. Sure. In fact, the Winslow character, we find out later that he is a he used to work in the in the forests in Canada. Mm. So yeah. that could also account for Well, some he of says his- a few things that sound very Boston-y to me. And I mean, I think this takes place a lot more towards Maine or whatever. Um, but there's a few lines that he has that just really has, a, um, a, I don't know, a Boston accent to me. Um, yeah. I can't remember. I couldn't point it out to you right now. But there definitely were a few times where... Because isn't that guy British? This, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, a lot of these um, actors are... British, and then they come over and do amazing American accents, especially period accents or like uh, regional accents. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I have no idea. I knew nothing yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah, well, neither do I. I just recognized the mm-hmm. accent, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that was a pretty decent accent." <laughs> you're okay. in the Robert Pattinson fan club. <laughs> All right, if that makes you feel better. Well, it would make you feel better if he wasn't just whap, like whacking off this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> when that first scene happened, I was like, did he, did we just really see I'm him like, like what's what? happening? <laughs> I, was, I think he's beaten off right now. I was like, no, it can't be. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. I, whatever, I'll Google it later. <laughs> oh, he totally was. Yeah. And uh, we weren't wrong, and they definitely get into it later on. There's a lot of other, like, phallic things in here. So, like, the lighthouse, obviously, it's an erect penis, right? But the director initially wrote in the script <laughs> that it would just be a, be the lighthouse, and then it would, like, on screen, become Robert Pattinson's penis. Whoa, they were going to do a transition like that? Yes, because he did nothing but jack off. <laughs> and the the reality, so, okay, so throughout the movie, all this shit happens, right? It's it's just them working on the lighthouse and making sure that they eat and whatever. And they're trying to connect, but, but uh, Winslow's character is kind of like, you know, no. In fact, they don't even exchange names, really. Yeah, they don't exchange um, names. Like, there's no, there's no talking until like seven minutes into the movie mm-hmm. there's no name exchange until like the last day of the four weeks you know it's like at least for my last day call me winslow that's my name yeah that was um that was must have been weird i mean like going through all that shit you know you don't know this guy it's well because he, he's being bossy but the reality is you're not there to make a connection. Sure, it's helpful to have conversation, but if they were actually supposed to be doing things in shifts, then no, they wouldn't have spent that much time together, right? Yeah. How, how um, much money do you think they were making for that four weeks? Well, so back in 1890, it would have been a fortune because um, Winslow said he was attracted to becoming a wiki because he said uh, a wiki could make uh, 600, like 650 to a thousand dollars a year and that's good money to them he says i can then be able to live on my own without under anybody without being under anyone's mm, thumb right yeah so it's kind of like you know like the deadliest catch fishermen they make tons of money yeah. because it's dangerous work yeah yeah 
Well, that's what I was assuming that it had to have been something where he's going to be financially paid, you know, good for, because why would you be putting yourself through that? Especially the abuse. Again, I realize that Defoe's character is a senior, but he literally is abusing this guy verbally. And I mean, I guess somewhat physically too, the whole time. Well, if somebody is um, not saying no, at some point, you still you continue to push them, either because you are that kind of person or they are the kind of person to want to continue doing that. You know how some people leave in structure and they do better in structure, like anywhere you are, structure. Mm-hmm. But um, at one point, so they, they, they become friends after a while because they get drunk or whatever. Yeah. But at one point, um, Winslow reads the logbook of... Um, of wake and he sees that he's actually recording all the bad stuff he's done and winslow gets mad he's like why are you writing this stuff but it's all true he slept in late he self-abused in the shed meaning he jacked off all the fucking time and (laughs) (laughs) on duty and he was drunk yes even though wake gave him the gin like he was drunk yeah like performing his duties like Wait, he was, was he sloppy. jacking off on duty or was he yes he's on duty the entire time no but they're sleeping in shifts right so maybe he woke up and it was defoe's because wasn't one of those times defoe was on shift and that's how he went upstairs and defoe was doing some weirdo shit too or or no, was he because you he? don't know or was he right because this is... yeah Defoe was actually <laughs> masturbating with an octopus. That's what it was. No, he wasn't. Okay, so <laughs> so in the movie, um, after the four weeks, they get drunk the night before, and they seemingly miss the um, the boat that would have been able to come and pick them up and switch up them out. Yeah, is that what happened? I was getting really confused. Okay, so let's person. try this again. So uh, at the end of the four weeks, the day before... The four weeks is up. The day yeah. before they're supposed to get picked up. A couple of things happen. One, Winslow finds out, uh, finds inside of their uh, cistern, which is what, it's, it's, it's the receptacle that catches the rainwater. Um, and that's what you saw him put in there, something to clean it up, whatever, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. filter it kind of. Right. Uh, he finds a dead seagull in there. Mm-hmm. Now, right. Defoe's character has told him, don't kill any those seagulls because those seagulls are really just the souls of of of, of, of sailors that have oh, passed sailors. right right yeah okay. and and we see that th- that that there's one already dead but next to him or in front of him lands another one who we find may be the um may be the soul of his old partner because defoe had a partner before who went mad and died right but this but this bird must have his soul because this bird is missing an eye and later on when when uh winslow finds the head of his old partner also has is missing an eye Hmm. so we're meant to believe that anyway he gets attacked by him really and then um Winslow kills the bird the in this rage. Yeah. And then here's what happens. Like in Mary Poppins, the winds shift. They go from mm-hmm. west to going east. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it went north in this case. Whatever but... the fuck. <laughs> that was <Hollywood>. Mary Poppins. <laughs> Excuse me. And um and they drink that night. 
Yeah, they okay. drank heavy that heavy night. Heavy that night. Yeah. So the next morning. Was that the night they almost made out? I don't remember. Uh, but the next morning, they missed the boat, right? So now they're freaked out. They don't know what's going on. Um, with, uh, Winslow. So, so if that was supposed to be the end of their shift and they were supposed to have been picked up, wouldn't there have been another shift coming in? Like a crew of people? Like yeah, to- but the winds shifted. Right. So they... The storm was too hard, so they, it can't come in. Oh, so the, maybe they haven't made it there yet is what they're maybe trying Maybe they to, can't get clear to go through. Okay. So that's what they're staying there for, thinking like, okay, they're probably going to come back or they mm-hmm. haven't made it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. The weather gets really shitty. Um, lots of just things happen. Now, here's where it becomes cabin fever. Okay. How long was that bird in there? Did they get shit water? Oh, okay. Did they start going crazy because of bird shit? Yeah, well, that's a that's a very good question. And you could possibly be right. I we'd have to go back again and see at what point did things start going crazy. But I would argue But the guy to, was crazy initially. To like begin the with, Win- right? Winslow guy was was crazy. Something was up with him anyway, because he'd let somebody so we find out his name is not actually Ephraim Winslow. He let his old coworker die, and then he assumed his identity. His name was Thomas Howard. Tommy, right? Tommy yeah. versus Tom. Yeah. Now, earlier on in the movie, we're meant to believe that Defoe's character is probably the crazy one or something's up with him. I mean, I didn't... I mm-hmm. was thinking that uh, the the Winslow character was... Was more of like the, just a struggling, tough, you know, in a tough situation, but a guy trying to make things right and do the right thing. He's like, I'm here. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to be, you know, uh, dedicated to this job because I'm in it for the money. Um, I didn't even realize and catch on that he could possibly be the one who was going crazy or hallucinating mm-hmm. or that. But why would have Defoe's old partner gone crazy then? Because it's just happened. It's just one of those jobs. It's one of those jobs. Like, I can, it's the isolation. Yeah. You know, and if, if Defoe acted the same way with his previous partner as he did with this one, well, maybe it's the same thing. Now, there's a personality that would snap. Yeah, that's true. And then there's a certain kind of person that's drawn to these kinds of things. You know, they're on the run Mm -hmm. and their guilt is eating away at them like the Pattinson character. Right. Or they are so struggling and are down on their luck that they have no choice but to listen to this guy until they can't take it anymore. You know, the the Defoe's character mentioned about his old partner that he started believing in mermaids and things like that and planted that idea in Pattinson's head on the first night. Did he, though? Because he came with a mermaid statue. He did not. The mermaid statue was in the bed in in, in a hole that was cut in the mattress, and he found it in there. Oh, and it was right, the, right, right. It was the old partner's bed. Huh. So he must have felt it on his hand? Because uh-huh. I was, and this is, you know, I look at movies and I don't really... It doesn't all compute the same way as probably should for everybody or whatever. I thought for some reason that this guy maybe had been there before and he knew that he had put his little thing like hidden away mm-hmm. and he was finding it again. But that wouldn't have made any sense at all since he had <laughs> never been there before. Right. But for some reason, I, I guess that's how I was 
depicting it. But now I get what you're saying. The old guy had a thing for mermaids. He had that little sculpture. He hid it away in the bed. The new guy finds it. And right. the new guy and keeps it. And the, the new guy, when he asks Defoe's character, what happened to your partner? He said he lost his mind. He started believing in, in this and that and this. But all like nautical mythology, right? Um. Yeah, like uh, and you mean puts that idea in his head. Yeah, like mermaids Poseidon and, and Poseidon all that, yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, if somebody is already struggling with their mental health, something like that could set them over the edge. Because, and then there's this thing that I'm thinking maybe the reason why he because we find out that he's kind of like a drifter, right? Uh, yeah, Patterson's character. Yeah. So maybe it's because he's also possibly struggling with his sexuality. Like he doesn't have to be gay, but he maybe he's bi or something. Because we do catch him um, looking in on... So when he's fixing a shingle, he looks in on Defoe's character sleeping. And then he's just like peeping tomming him. He he right. He may or may not have actually seen him with his naked butt. But but he was spying on him. He was, yeah. And then there was a moment where they were so drunk. You know when people get drunk, they get aggressive, then they get tender, and they get aggressive, and then they get tender. <laughs> they um they were de- slow dancing with each other, and then it looked like they were going to make out. I know. I was and like, are these guys going to fucking violent. kiss right now? <laughs> and then it got violent. So there could be something like that. And then the fact that he... Um, he he hallucinated a mermaid that he found like, so Pattinson's character uh, hallucinated a mermaid that he found on the shore and he starts trying to touch her, but he then, um, she screams at him and he runs away. Maybe that's something subconsciously. It's like, I'm supposed hmm. to be attracted to this, but I can't because I'm scared. You're supposed to be attracted to mermaids, a woman. Cause she had woman features. <laughs> Not down below, which is no, pretty which scary. is which I'll get to in a second. And then she had gills behind her ears. No, that's Waterworld. She had gills in her ribs. Anyway, um, then the other thing was when he was at one of his many jerk sessions in the shed, he's like holding on to the mermaid. He starts yeah. picturing himself having sex with yeah. the mermaid, which was so interesting because you know mermaids. Used to have two tails in mythology. Really? Yeah, and they used to, and that's how they would be able to supposedly have sex with man. But once things became a little more conservative, they sealed them up. So, so how you mean can, like Disney? I don't know. Uh no, well, well before Disney. But when um, that's why when he's having sex with the mermaid, it's a shark's vagina. What right is, in the front. Is that what it is? Yeah. They, yeah, the director studied shark vaginas. Wow. Yeah. That's some dedication there. Yeah, it's <laughs> loving your work. It reminds me kind of, though, of like oh, when when The Lion King came out, the animated, the original The Lion King, right. which was actually not original. It was ripped off of a different movie. Anyway, <laughs> that um, the, I was watched. I had once seen like this behind the scenes of how they made it kind of thing. Um, you know, in the beginning of the VHS mm-hmm. <laughs> when I used to watch it as a kid. And uh, they would bring in lions and they would study them and they would draw them as they were laying down and how they walked and what they looked like when they did certain things. I'm imagining that's what they did with sharks, sharks vaginas. vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, well. <laughs> Um, Excuse me. That, that yeah that that was a whole thing too that I knew that there was something with mermaids but I didn't know how it tied into the story and now I look at it and it doesn't really tie in it's just that well, this guy's mm-hmm. really sexually like starving and he's just thinking about mermaids for some reason right so when he's thinking of the mermaid which it's kind of like a siren right like they call they call to you but he was able to not but he's for he's having sex with the mermaid. But then this guy pops into his head and then he starts thinking of the guy. Then he starts t- thinking of the Wake character, Defoe's character. He starts thinking of him. And so suddenly he just yeah. loses it. Yeah. Oh, is that when he beats him in the head face? Um, no, right? But no. there was that, that one scene. That that part I, I thought was, was funny and good or whatever. He, he's like hallucinating and... He's, I thought it was the same thing where he was like seeing something with the mermaid and then all of a sudden he looks down and it's like Poseidon. It's like Defoe oh, yes, Poseidon. Yes, yes, that was him. That was him. <laughs> and then he just starts beating him and he's smashing him in his face uh-huh. and in like this alternate reality. But then in real life, Defoe's character's like, uh, you're, you're killing me. <laughs> he's like really getting his face smashed I think that's in. two different scenes. But yeah, that's what's happening. Whatever. Yeah, that's what's happening. Um. So there could be some attraction there. There could also be something like a father figure. He's like trying to get his approval. But I mean, I thought the Pattinson character was crazy. Yeah, well, he definitely is crazy the more I look back at it now. And again, he just is like, he's got this, uh, he's on the run for some shit. And I thought I couldn't, I didn't really get it. Like, did he kill, he let his person die? He didn't help him. He didn't, but that person died or he didn't die? Okay, so he just didn't help the person. Yeah, he didn't um, stop it from happening. So, but that wouldn't really mean he would be guilty for murder. Why would he no? But be... he assumed his identity because he says this guy had a clean slate. Sure. Okay. Um, hmm. Such an interesting time back then when you could just like assume someone else's identity easy enough because it was like you could just go to the de- next town over and be like yeah i'm i'm ephraim Winslow. my name is stefan syed it's totally <laughs> a girl name you know I mean, <laughs> just uh i don't know that that time period it seems like it could be easily done because you know there aren't records people don't you know no internet all that kind of right. stuff so well yeah. you know what even as early as what the 60s that was happening i was just watching this documentary that about um all these babies that were born in a specific clinic in, I think, Georgia mm-hmm. or t- Tennessee, one or the other. Um, and they were essentially taking the babies as either, oh, sorry, your baby died or, oh, let's do a late term abortion or whatever and sold the babies to other families. What? So they were like profiting on the side yeah. for babies cost a thousand dollars. Wow, back in the 60s. Yeah, crazy, right? That is pretty crazy. So it it, it can happen. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. But so, you know, I mean, he's just a troubled character. You know, going yeah, back to the it, movie. It, you makes know. Me, it makes me think, like, what else? Because if he didn't have a clean slate, what else was he doing? Right. Now, at but some point. he didn't point, have a family either, right? He, he, wasn't, he, didn't, he wasn't a father or anything, right. as far as we know. <clears throat> but... Defoe's character does say, you know, uh, when he's speaking truths to him, which, you know, may have happened and may have just been hallucination where he was actually feeling lucid. Um, He says, 
you're just running from the silver spoon that's in your mouth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He could have, that could have been real. It could have been, he feels like he should have like uh, everything handed to him. This is what Defoe's character says, and maybe hallucination, maybe not. Um, you're just mad because you want to have things just be- because you exist. Like your privilege think makes you think that you deserve everything mm-hmm. and you're upset that you have to work for things. So that very much would be could be the case. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think Defoe's character got out of looking at the light? I think he was just being a responsible wiki. Like he enjoyed being a wiki. I think he did not want to... Um, he did not want to drop the ball on that. Yeah, but so wasn't he, I mean, we're assuming that he was up there and Winslow finds him and he's like, I, I, you know, obviously there's the one scene where <laughs> he's like making love to like a, I don't know, an HP Lovecraft Cthulhu like kind of thing. Tentacle. Yeah, but he, there was also a scene before that I thought where they just show him up there like just staring at the light and he's like very happy and just like in some sort of trance or something right Right. so he could feel like this is a position of power for him and love it that way i don't i mean if anything i think maybe he was jacking off up there once or something um but i don't think it's more i don't think it's anything more than that (laughs) you know the problems of old men, old horny men, just like I gotta jack off in the lighthouse again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, that uh, that is a very believable topic. I mean, I I could see that this is probably a problem that happened in those days very often. Of jacking off in lighthouses. Well, jacking off wherever, and you well, know, it was called self abuse according to this movie. Um, well, the because the cause you Winslow, weren't allowed to touch yourself, right? Because the Winslow character almost kind of comes. He was he asked him, oh, "Do you feel shame or something?" And Defoe's character, I like, never feel shame. Yeah, what's that? But uh, he get, eat it. Yeah, he gives such a great answer or whatever. But I think that that the shame part of it, the reason why he's asking, is because. What's his name knows he he's he feels ashamed when he's jacking off to these like whatever he's doing, whether it's the mermaid or something, he does feel ashamed. And I feel like that, you know, some of that also may come from like the, you know, New England Puritan kind of, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're the same thing with the witch, you know, mm-hmm. they were um, a very Puritan, I don't know, you know, Christian based faith people of faith who were, you know, definitely not trying to enjoy the sexual pleasures in life, you know, unless it was for procreating. (laughs) I find it so fascinating when people are actually religious and not like fake religious, like politicians, but like real religious. And they really believe in all of these things that logically can't happen, you know, but, um, but they're so pious anyway. Like I find it fascinating because I'm not wired that way. I'm not set up that way. Like yeah, I believe in yeah. doing good. I believe in a lot of things, but I'm not to the point of my God says what you're doing is wrong. Therefore you should change what you're doing. I'm more of a, well, my God says that I shouldn't do that. And you know what? I don't think I'm going to do that. But you do what you want because you do what your God says, whether it's your God or yourself or your, you know, just your own conscience. 
conscience. Um, but I, I can't, I, I've never been the kind of person who really felt the need to go to church or felt the need to say my prayers and I'll, I'll do all of this stuff. Like, in fact, when, when, when we were forced to pray for Thanksgiving dinner, we would say, thank you, Jesus, for this food. And then we would say, yeah, thanks, dad, because my stepdad's name is Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, you know, like so, so you guys had that kind of sense of humor then, and it was okay. I mean, or we'd get our it? mouth smashed, but yes. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but You're I was willing to find take it, the risk. Yeah, every year for that one good joke. <laughs> but it was, um, but I do find it very, very fascinating. So I, I, I don't look down on people who are religious. I, 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 I get angry at people who use who weaponize their religion. Or, or try to force it onto other people. I, I dislike that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just so fascinating that people change their entire life because of their religion. Yeah. I don't, I don't relate to it. Well, but the, it's fascinating. In the case of this character, Winslow, he was more, it was, like you said, a self-abuse. Like he was, the religion itself was, was something that he was... Um, I don't know. It, was, it was, seemed like he was just like scolding his own self for feeling mm-hmm. certain ways. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it wasn't that he was using, he wasn't trying to spread his word and tell Defoe, like, hey, you need to be more like me, stop the drinking and all this. It was more like he knew he was going to be, you know, having these weird uh, things that he couldn't control, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and he was ashamed about it. And, you know, as much as he wanted to do it, he still, you know, and maybe part of it, like you said, there was that moment where I thought they were going to kiss and maybe he thought like he had thoughts towards, you know, yeah. uh, um, and he had other to things. He was obviously fight it, like yeah. physically fight it. I mean, we really don't even know what he wanted because he was obviously <laughs> masturbating and uh, to fish, uh, to fish and, and uh, having fantasies with mermaids. So, you know, maybe he didn't even really want a, a, a woman, woman, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, so they're stranded in the island and and they get to drinking and um the the damp gets into their food rations meaning they're running out of food but there's supposedly emergency reserves of food so they dig it up and it's all liquor and i don't see anything wrong with that you know what they do <laughs> they drink all drinking. the liquor yeah but then they had a very captain jack sparrow moment of but why is the rum gone Right. And the drink was completely gone. So they make it out of like kerosene or something. Right. At that and, point, and they, they were just honey going to crazy. It. They were like, you know what? We got to drink something. How could they not hallucinate after that? Yeah. Yeah. That now I, you know, I was still having trouble following the film even at that point and before because of just, I don't know, part of the, the accents, partly just. Again, I guess the movie was trying to make the the audience member confused, and so because I was but so it confused, it was working. Yeah, but I just didn't know what was happening. So all of a sudden, I see them like making something, and and uh, it looked like they were pouring honey in something. You said it was kerosene. I didn't even. I don't really know what understand. it was. It looked like it was in like that oil can that it was used to go upstairs. Remember when he carried right, that yeah. big? Yeah. Which it probably was the oil. The oil from the lamp would be kerosene if you huff the fumes from that. That alone would get you high. Forget trying to drink it. 
<laughs> Sounds like personal experience. But if you if you did drink it, <laughs> you're probably gonna fucking die, I would assume, and you know, eventually yeah, like, or cause some sort of internal damage. Yeah. So this is when just shit hits the fan. Not so much Defoe's character, although here here it is. It's either Defoe was gaslighting him throughout, so every time Defoe did something bad, he would say, You just did that. Or we're still seeing it through the eyes of Pattinson. Yeah. Now, that's the thing is we, we don't really know. We look at it and I think from our point of view, we're thinking it like Winslow's character or Pattinson or whatever. We're thinking that Defoe is crazy and he's like lying or he's like, no, you didn't. I, I didn't say that. Whatever. It's like, but maybe none of that really did happen. Right. Maybe so it was all in his head. I choose to see it as, yeah, he was drunk. Yeah, he was not very professional, but he took pride in his work. And so much so that when Winslow's character buries Defoe's character alive, <laughs> and then he comes back <laughs> to hit him with an axe because he will not allow him to um he will not allow him to go to the lighthouse even almost dying. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then and then um you know, they're fighting, they're doing all this stuff, whatever, right? But he, Pattinson's character eventually goes up to the lighthouse. And he opens the lighthouse cage, goes in, and then opens the light and looks directly in it and then starts screaming. Right. Screaming so much so that I thought he was, like, getting burned or something. And he falls backwards, falls all the way down the lighthouse. And then next thing you know, we see him on the shore, on the rocky shore, completely naked and the birds are eating his yeah. insides. I think he was missing an eye there yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And t- so all this started over some like uh, a lobster dinner that he didn't like. Oh. <laughs> well, there was this really funny, well funny for me, there was this dispute between the two of them. Um and uh Winslow's Winslow was saying to Wake, you know, I'm dissatisfied, right? But then Wake Wake is like no, but are you saying you don't like my cooking? Yeah, are you saying right. you don't like my cooking? And then he went to say, I will not answer that. And so Defoe's character gets so mad that he stands up and gives him this speech where he's cursing him. And according to um, an interview with the director, Willem Defoe does not blink for two minutes of that curse. He is just so dedicated and just cursing him he does not blink for two whole minutes i've always tried to do that like how long can you keep your eyes open for uh, especially when you know that someone can do it or has supposedly done it for so long and i can never keep my eyes from blinking for more than like 10 or 15 seconds i don't know how someone can do that well yeah well i i do this so when uh Somebody in a movie goes underwater. I hold my breath to see how long, if I can. Well, that, that too, that too. <laughs> Although we know that people can, uh, um, in the movie scenarios, I always feel like, oh my God, normal people never can hold their breath that long. But I know adrenaline and all that. But let's go back to the eye thing. Oh, like. Well, let's go back to the speech thing. The whole point is I was talking about lobster, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so he gives him the speech, and he's like, "You don't even like my lobster. You don't like my lobster." And then he's like, "I refuse to answer that." He's like, "Not even the lobster. I don't want to answer that. This is dumb." And then Defoe's character stands up, gives that two-minute-long speech with his, which is a curse about how 
this guy is going to become, he's going to die and nobody's going to care and he's going to become sea foam, right? And then it goes quiet and then uh, uh, Winslow's character looks up to him and he goes, okay, fine. I like your cooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. I like that. That was yeah. funny. So, um, the eyeball. You were asking. No, nah, well, the eyeball thing is I was going to say is that like there's, um, you know, Tool, the, the band Tool, Maynard from Tool. Um, in older videos, there's like concert footage or whatever where like he doesn't blink and like people have posted in the comments and like, holy shit, Maynard hasn't blinked for like over like two, three minutes. He's like an alien. He's not from this world. Like how, how, and, and I watched it and I swear to God, he doesn't blink. And I'm like, how did you like, you're outside at a live performance and he's just in his trance and he's staring at, this was like old tool where he used to do like these freak out moves and do like shit that looks like body contortion stuff, whatever. Um, and for real, his eyes are not closing. And I'm like, how the hell is he doing that? Like, cause I can't even keep my eyes open for that long. So, yeah. Well, it, you. <laughs> what? You also have narcolepsy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Back on that topic again. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, either way, Defoe did pull it off, and that's for real. Then that's amazing. And I don't know how. I don't even know if he knows that he did it. I think he just was in the zone. He was just zone. in the moment. Yeah. yeah. He's such a good... like understatement of the day but he's such a good actor yeah yeah even this movie even though it wasn't necessarily one of my favorites of his and overall like i'm still, I still love this character you know, he, he did yeah, amazing i think his character did amazing right so this movie was loosely based on real life events that took place in did i write that down in 1801 and it's at the smalls lighthouse and this is 1801. Yeah. Nice. And this is known as the, the as the Smalls Lighthouse tragedy. You're killing me, Smalls. Well, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so there were two guys manning the lighthouse, Tom and Tom. Like Tom in this movie. squared. Tom squared. Tom to the Tom power. Okay. Um, And they lost their shit. So one died and then the other was left there with its body. And but because they both used to fight a lot, he couldn't just toss him into the ocean. So he had to live there with the body because he thought people would think he killed him. But the guy just died. Um, And so (laughs) and so he like went crazy over it. Yeah, I think it sounds about right. But that tragedy led to new standards and SOPs and stuff. So for lighthouse wikis for wikis wiki wiki wiki. Um, Have you ever been to a lighthouse? No. Have you seen one? Not in person. Yeah. I've seen one in The Ring. I've seen one in this movie. I've seen one in Shutter Island. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I feel like um, I feel like I might have seen one in my lifetime, but I can't remember it. So I guess that doesn't (laughs) doesn't count, right? (laughs) Well, so um, and then according to the director, the two lead characters. I'm just gonna read this off of this interview. Um, two lead characters represent figures in Greek mythology. Wake represents Proteus, an old prophetic sea god who was called the old man of the sea. And Winslow represents Prometheus, a titan and trickster figure who defies the gods um, by stealing fire. So that story was that um, Prometheus 
took fire from the gods and gave it to humanity. And that's how humanity was able to create civilization and technology. I've and heard everything. that one before. Okay. So as his punishment, though, as his punishment, the um, the gods forced him to be, I think, tied up on a rock and have his liver eaten every day. And that night, the the liver would grow back. It would heal up and then, again. And then the eagle, the eagle will still come and um, eat, eat, yeah. eat his liver. Because they used to think that the liver is where all of the emotions were kept back then. Hmm. Yeah, that whole regenerative thing is a very um, repetitive. I mean, it's very uh, a very common um, storyline in most religious kind of things. Um, you know, just like the... Whole- and in X-Men. X-Men? Really? Yeah, Wolverine. What about it? Regenerates. Oh, okay. Well, when I be by the regenerating torture is what I'm saying. Like, oh, you know, uh, I've heard stories in certain religions or whatever where they say uh, when you go to hell, this is what happens. You get your, you know, oh, you get your arm smashed off, but then it regenerates and you get to go through the same pain over and over really? and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's like... Um, what religion is that? I don't I don't remember. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, that I'm not sucks. trying to put anyone on blast right now. <laughs> is it like is it like um, the um is it it's kind of like whoever has to push this rock up the mountain for eternity? Probably something like that. I'm just saying like I do know that I feel like there have been stories and stuff like that of uh, maybe torture scenarios where the same thing happens over and over again, or you have to die the same way over and over again um, in in the afterlife, which is your punishment. Um, and it's that way you're not just feeling the pain one time, but you're constantly regenerating yeah, feeling the actually, pain over and over again. Now that you mentioned that, I think I've heard that before. It's like, um, oh, okay, in the movie Constantine, mm-hmm. um. Isabel is the twin who kills herself. So she has to go to hell. And hell is supposed to be where her her body gets torn to shreds for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. And right. that would be the same thing. It would it would yeah. be regenerating and then tearing to shreds again. Um another uh example of this in the Sopranos is when Christopher goes into that coma and then he comes out and he says I saw my father, and he was in the and he was in hell. You he said it was an Irish bar, and every night, you know, you you lose or he he loses every hand, and then every night it happens all over again or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just that that theme of like something happening over and over and over again. Um, you know, that's something that I feel, feel like is somewhat common in a lot of religious um, depictions of hell or torture or torment. Yeah, I kind of feel like I. I mean, I went to Sunday school growing up, but I feel like I should have paid more attention because then I'd have a better understanding of hell. Well, I don't know. I think that... uh... Hell seems so interesting. Like, (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Let's book some tickets. We're probably already on the way. Heaven, right? It's very matter of fact. Heaven, you'll be happy forever, right? Yeah, but basically you're living your utopia, right? Right. I get okay. but but that's the thing is like who 
it's going to be different for different people. Different right. people's heavens Everybody, and hells are going to be different. Just like every, like, just like everybody has their own relationship to God, right? It's like that's just what it is. Yeah. But hell has all these layers. It's like religion puts so much more thought into what hell was than what heaven was, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, okay, well, let me put more emphasis on punishment rather than reward. So people. So there are people who I know who are religious, but only because they understand the, if I don't do this, this bad thing will happen, as opposed to I should do good because good, I, I should be good just in general, right? So um, there, there's so much more emphasis on what happens when you go to hell. Like you have to go through these steps and then there's this other version of hell and then there's purgatory and then there's limbo and then there's, you know, Dante's Inferno. Like there's so much more known, quote unquote, about what hell is supposed to be. Right. As opposed to as opposed to heaven. Heaven different... you pink pup pink puffy clouds and yeah, yeah. Well, some, a toga. Some, so obviously, you know, some somebody's version of heaven is gonna be all of the pleasures that they could have ever had in life in heaven, you know? Like that's what the idea of heaven would be to some people's like, oh, it would be everything I could ever imagine or so want. So what if everything that they ever imagined but didn't act on? So let's say, for example, somebody who was a really bad person in their mind, a pedophile, let's say, and he didn't ask and he didn't act on his mm-hmm. so, pedophilic sure. urges. So, so his so heaven he, is so he had a, he was quote unquote good. And so he would go to heaven and be a pedophile? No, I don't know, but I'm saying that could or be his version of Or would those ideas be taken away from him? To be honest with you, if he was a pedophile and there was a heaven for pedophiles, then yeah, I think that would be his version of heaven. It would be a pedophile's heaven. But obviously, we're going to We're going to assume that the pedophiles go to hell, but right. that means they're going to get but, tortured and burned. So but, do you go to hell for thoughts also <laughs> or do you go to hell just for actions? I don't know. I mean, because I'm not going to lie. I have intrusive thoughts all the time. Like not that I'm going to do something bad, like stupid, like disgusting pedophilia or anything like that. But it's like, what would happen if I just turned like my wheel really quick while driving so that I scared the oncoming traffic as if I'm turning (laughs) left? Like, would they freak out and crash their car? Probably, you know, but but not that I would do that. But I yeah. have intrusive thoughts like that sometimes. Well, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like I said, I, my my point is just that there's going to be different versions of heaven for everybody. Like, like just use a, um, um, a let's just use music as an example, and let's just say that somebody is their favorite style of music is is rap or hip hop, right? And uh, to them, the style they hate the most, uh, well, everybody says country music. It's what they don't like most, right? So. To that person, heaven would be a place where it's just like hip hop concerts, Tupac's playing live tonight, everything's going on, you know? But hell, like for somebody else, maybe they love country music, that would be hell to them. To them, it would be a Willie Nelson concert or 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 all country music all the time. You see what I'm saying? Like there's no, that's the thing about the idea of heaven is like it's everything you've wanted or is there a set version of heaven which means oh you can get these rewards and this is what heaven is but these are how many points you, know, you earned <laughs> i don't know i personally a lot of uh i don't know it just i don't want to say it but like sometimes hell sounds fun 
<laughs> it's a party. Everybody I know is going. It's fucking rock and roll all night long. Well, I fucking... don't get that either. I think that so the reality is I don't believe in a heaven or hell. I believe in what you end up doing is if if there's something beyond darkness, right? There's something beyond darkness. It's all in your mind. So you're not pulling in people from your past. You're just remembering them. And it's your consciousness. Like I, I believe in reincarnation. So for me, it's so my my thoughts on after death is, OK, well, if you fucked up, OK, well, then you have to start your life again back at the bottom. But as you go through life cycles and reincarnation cycles, you continue to build up these steps until you get to the end. And then you can go to choose to either reincarnate again or just stop. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is I did see an example of what I would consider to be uh, some version of hell. I happened to find a spider that got into somehow the bulb, glass bulb enclosure. Not the bulb itself for the light, but the, like the fixture? glass fixture that goes around. And this spider cannot get out and is just circling around in this globe over and over again, looking for a way out, just circling and circling and circling. The light goes on, the light goes off, you know, and for, I, I mean, I don't know, like that's a hell, that's a version. Of, no, I didn't. I went back a couple of days later and it looked like it was dead. And that's fucking would have been hell to me. It's like, and who knows, maybe because I didn't let it out, I'm going to be reincarnated as a spider that's stuck inside of a, dome glass enclosure whatever one day who knows but i just realized like that was a version of hell and if that is how things work in the idea of reincarnation then maybe that's how people are tortured maybe a, a pedophile for example is tortured by being stuck in a glass enclosure as a spider until they die again and then maybe they're re reborn as something else and maybe they die that way again and again i don't know um, but it's all, you know, we, we won't really know. It's all of guess and an interpretation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect you to have answers, but I was just thinking like, nobody knows, nobody has put, okay. So there's been more thought put into the punishment than the reward is what I'm saying. Right. And I, I got you with that. And where I was going with the spider is that that spider probably went just as crazy as our character in this movie <laughs> today. Um, yeah, the lighthouse. I don't think, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't think Winslow was all there. And I think that he made up all of this in his head and him being naked on the side of the shore, um, symbolism aside, right. <laughs> was just, you know how when people have like, um, what is it called? Hyper. What well, was dying of cold? You mean yeah, hypothermia? Hypothermia. Yeah. You get to a point where you just start taking off your clothes. We saw that the waves had gone into the house that they were living in and had flooded their home. So how do we know he just didn't do that himself? I don't know. How do do we? Uh, I was also thinking like maybe the uh, the seagulls were pecking at his pecker. That would have been a funny <laughs> little uh, like if he was like dead and they were just pecking it off. <laughs> Well, so also, not, then you got my cabin fever part, right? Yeah, the yeah, okay. the the water contaminated water contaminated water. I just think that the craziness happened before that, 
but that could have added to it. Um, I well, didn't understand what that little thing was. What was it? A septic tank? Clean? It didn't look like it was clean well, water. Because it was in black in. and white. Yeah, but it looked like there was like before there was the bird in it. It didn't. It, there was a the first time when they showed it, it looked like there was swirls of different colors. Right. No? We saw that he put something in there, and I want to say he probably put like something to clean the water, like okay. iodine or whatever. Because I thought maybe it was like their septic tank or something like that. No, the septic tank, they didn't have that. Remember, they had, at one point when they woke up, when Winslow woke up from being drunk the night before, he saw these two Two full chamber pots and he went over the hill to throw them out. Did that splash back in his face? Is that what happened at that time? Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I was assuming that's what that was, too. Um, Again, a lot of stuff was, like, hard to grasp right away just because... You know, it's black and white and it's for, I don't know. I was, I was thoroughly confused. So kudos to the directors for wanting to like <laughs> make the audience members not know what the hell's supposed to be going on with their fucking movie. Um, I am not a big fan of these two. Like if I do like some of the A24 movies, The Witch was not one of my favorites. This one, um, again, it, I was hoping that there was, going to be something a little bit more grotesque other than a, an axe to the shoulder and um mermaid sex yeah if the mermaid sex is what they're talking about with the grotesqueness then th- that's whatever I, I i guess i misunderstood because i thought that imdb review in the you know where they put the parental stuff mm-hmm. or whatever it said something like uh, scenes of gore it says you know that it was like well, on the higher side head. that's not a scene of gore although it does get put on our list for another movie that has a oh wait no, it's not a decapitation, not a decapitation. it's, it's just, just a, a head. decapitated head the guy just got some head yeah. <laughs> in his, his lobster tank literally <laughs> well i mean i i thought it was i thought it was decent i thought it was a good movie i thought it was good i think it's one of those that you want to watch again no not me <laughs> one and done well not for me i'd like to watch it again just to see if i've missed anything mm-hmm. um and it's very interesting. It um, it makes me want to go see a lighthouse. Yeah, I mean, those are still in use. I, I'm assuming, right? Today, mm-hmm. like, they're yeah, not- <laughs> they're LED. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's it's a old, um, you know, maritime kind of thing that you know nowadays we're all electric cars, airplanes, fast moving. You know, hardly anybody is really well. I say that, but then cargo ships and all these people are out there drilling oil in, in the middle of the yeah, ocean and all that. Fishing. Fishermen, exactly. Like there's a lot of people that are still in the ocean. Still in the ocean, for sure. Yep. All right. Well, that's all I can do today. Well, well that's uh, that's about all I got about for this movie too. Uh, if you're interested in trying to watch a movie where the guy from Twilight jerks off a lot and has uh, <laughs> fantasies of fucking mermaids, then this and is... And Willem Dafoe. Yeah, then this is your movie. And Willem Dafoe as a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. I think we're done. I think we're done. I think I'm done. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for stopping by. Okay, bye. To check out what we're doing, visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. <laughs>